0: Behold, the shrimp cocktail. Growing up, when I saw this coop and its siblings on my grandmother's dining room table, I knew we were having a fancy dinner, which is why I had to wear a nice dress and itchy tights. Basically, think madmen, but about 25 to 30 years later to put me on par with Sally Draper's age. So, growing up, my grandmother served this appetizer well into the early aughts, basically until she couldn't cook anymore. But, I feel like it's really fallen out of favor otherwise. I mean, I'm way more likely to see it as part of a, an elaborate sitcom gag setup or even the, liking it is used as evidence that you are of a moral, questionable character. Which, you know, if you're willing to eat cocktail shrimp that are lately expired, maybe you are. But it did really get me wondering about how a dish that was the height of sophistication and class really became well the butt of a joke while doing research for this video i tried to find real evidence of shrimp cocktail on modern restaurant menus and it's hard to find outside of steakhouses where having it is really part of the brand so i wanted to know what exactly happened part one the history of shrimp cocktail now before we can really talk about shrimp cocktail in its history, we have to talk about oysters. Yes, once again, madmen, but instead of 1960, we're going to go back to 1860. You see, oysters were the shellfish of choice for Americans back in the mid-half mid of the 19th century to the point where John Mariani in the American Dictionary of Food and Drink noted that so many oysters went back and forth between Baltimore and Ohio on the B&O Railroad that they called it the Oyster Line. So, with peak consumption of oysters hitting around 1895. Now, as for the cocktail sauce part of the equation, in 1860 in San Francisco, it's rumored that a, a miner decided that he was going to dip a less than fresh oyster into some ketchup, which is a bit of an apocryphal story, so take that without a grain of salt. In actuality, they think that the chef Ernest Arbergast, who was the chef at the Palm Court in the iconic San Francisco Palace Hotel, was the one who really developed this recipe in the late 19th or early 20th century. Now, oysters were the the shellfish of choice, but once the commercialized shrimp industry happened and basically made shrimp way more accessible to people outside of coastal towns, plus oysters were horribly overfished. That's when shrimp started making the play for shrimp cocktail. As for the glassware, it's theorized that during Prohibition, instead of serving cocktails, they decided to serve this dish. Now, peak popularity for shrimp cocktail happened in the mid-20th century, with James Beard himself noting that there is no first course as popular as a cocktail of shrimp with a large serving of cocktail sauce. Now, this ringing endorsement is indicative of his distaste for shrimp cocktail because he felt that shrimp should be served instead with flavored mayonnaises and vinaigrettes. So what happened? How did it fall? Part two, the end of an era. Now, much like oysters before them, shrimp definitely has an issue with overfishing but I haven't seen anything where that overfishing has meant to a decrease in demand. In fact, I think shrimp being so easy to work with and amenable to so many ways of preparations, think popcorn shrimp and fried shrimp in general in the 80s or shrimp scampi in the 90s, and lest we not forget Ron Swanson's favorite way to eat. But this hotel always serves bacon-wrapped shrimp. That's my number one favorite food wrapped around my number three favorite food. I'd go to a banquet in honor of those Somali pirates if they serve bacon wrapped shrimp. Excuse me. He's not wrong. My point being that as our culinary horizons really expanded and we found out all these wonderful ways to eat shrimp, it kind of stopped making shrimp cocktails such a necessary choice. But how do we contemporize it? Can we contemporize it? Part three contemporizing a classic. So credit where credit's due here. This is really due in part to Ina Garten's brilliant method of uh, making shrimp cocktail in which she roasts the shrimp instead of boiling it. And we all know that roasted is better than boiling because of science. It's the Maillard reaction and it's what brown bits and on meat and vegetable taste so good. So when she makes her cocktail sauce, though, she's still Hughes old school using Heinz chili sauce and ketchup. And while I have no disrespect for ketchup, as a Pennsylvania native, we only recognize Heinz as the only ketchup in our kitchen. We, and he, we could do some more with it. Also, we're preparing horseradish because we're having fun like that. Part four, how I make it. So this is going to have a few components, but stick with me because, trust me, it all makes sense. So first, we're going to slow roast tomatoes. This is a technique that comes from Tom Colicchio's brilliant cookbook, Think Like a Chef. And it's one of my favorite ways to make tomatoes, especially in the wintertime. So we're going to start with 10 tomatoes on the vine. They're the round as opposed to the plum aroma style. A head of garlic with the cloves separated but the paper skins left on four sprigs of thyme a quarter cup of olive oil kosher salt and freshly ground black pepper now we're going to start by coring taking out the core of the tomatoes just like so be and we're cutting them this way because we actually want to cut the tomatoes on the equator so you'll slice all your tomatoes in half on the equator you're going to separate your garlic cloves and we're going to get ready get these ready for seasoning so with these tomatoes you want to season them well with kosher salt and black pepper because all those flavors will just concentrate when the tomatoes are in the oven so you'll drizzle the olive oil on and give all the tomatoes a good stir to make sure they're all evenly coated now turn your oven to 350 degrees line a sheet pan with foil and start laying your tomatoes cut side down onto the pan You'll then scatter the thyme across the tomatoes fairly evenly, but you know, as best you can, and then scatter the roasted garlic cloves along with it. Before they go into the oven, be sure to pour any of the residual juices and oil that collected from seasoning the tomatoes and then place these babies into an oven now these are gonna roast for 20 minutes at 350 degrees you'll then take them out turn the oven down to 275 and start peeling the tomato skins off admittedly this is a little bit annoying but it's too worth it because these tomatoes are gonna taste so good when they're done and you're gonna get a whole bunch of roasted garlic out of it too So once you get all of the skins off, you're going to want to make sure to start pouring off the roasted tomato juice that collects in the pan. This is going to help the tomatoes dry out slightly and they won't get too soupy. And you'll want to do this a few times after you've started the roasting process. You'll also end up with a nice container of this roasted tomato juice, which is delicious and can be used in anything from cocktails to finishing off some risotto or even drinking straight. And when you're done, this is what you'll get. Let them, set them aside to cool after four hours. Prepared horseradish. We're gonna need a horseradish root, sherry vinegar or white wine vinegar, water, and kosher salt. So you'll also need a box grater and an immersion blender in order to properly process this horseradish. Now we're gonna start with the horseradish peel. And when you buy horseradish, you wanna be sure to buy one that's heavy for its size so that's not dried out. Also, snip off the end. So we're just going to grate this horseradish on the box grater with the smallish holes, not the tiniest holes, but the small holes. And after that, we're going to have some sherry vinegar, season it with salt, and start blending it into a paste. Now, water will help in this process. Then you can adjust the seasonings to taste after everything is a nice smooth paste. Let's roast some shrimp. We're going to take a pound of Colossal, which is 8 to 12 count, or U10 count shrimp. Kosher salt and freshly ground black pepper. Two tablespoons of extra virgin olive oil. Set the oven to 400 degrees. And what we need to do is peel and devein these shrimp. Now, these shrimp actually came deveined, but you always want to make sure that they didn't miss any bits. And you'll also want to try and leave the tails on unless the tails just do not look good, which happens. But with this size shrimp, this task does not take long at all. You'll also want to make sure that these are spread out into an even layer so that they roast evenly. And then we're going to, again, season the, the shrimp well with kosher salt and freshly ground black pepper on both sides. Again, you want them to, be, to taste the same on both sides. Drizzle the olive oil and then you're going to roast these for eight minutes in the oven. Which gives you plenty of time to make cocktail sauce i'm going to take a cup of the slow roasted tomatoes half a cup of Heinz chili sauce juice of a lemon a teaspoon of worcestershire sauce three tablespoons more or less if you want more heat or less heat of the prepared horseradish and kosher salt and freshly ground black pepper again just to adjust seasoning at the end so i'm using a large quart sized container that holds my immersion blender and I'm add, I've added the tomatoes and the horseradish to it. And then I'm going to add the Worcestershire sauce, which adds a nice hint of salinity. But uh, you may still, again, depending on how you like it, you may need to add a little bit more at the end. I'm also going to add the juice of the lemon. And finally, the chili sauce. This stuff is really good, and there really is no replacing it with anything else. So this will get blended with the immersion blender once again into a very nice smooth sauce, and that's it. That's all you have to do. So uh, finally, to assemble this dish, I'm using, again, my vintage coupes, and I'm putting about two solid spoonfuls of sauce at the bottom of each, you know, in the spirit of James Beard. And then I'm arranging my shrimp that have gotten all nice and pink and A little bit lightly caramelized, and there, three of them are going to go into each coupe because, again, these are pretty big. Three to four per person is all you'll really want to have, and there you have it.